introduce him shortly, but we have uh, Brother Grandi going to share the word today, and I know you'll be challenged. And he already said he wants, he feels the Holy Spirit wants to just open the altar at the end. He wants to pray over whoever wants to come down, just pray over you and bless you in this time. Father, we thank you so much that we can give back to you what you've so abundantly given to us. It's just a small token, small portion. For some of us, it's a widow's might. For others, it's more. But we know that you're going to bless this offering. You're going to multiply it. You're going to use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. And it's going to reach out and touch lives. Bless both gift and giver in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as they give, Brother David, why don't you come? And uh, this is David and Julie Grandi. Many of you know them. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Glenn Hickman said uh, before church, he says, he looks really familiar. And I said, oh, he's been around here a long time. And uh, I said, he was in the mob for a number of years, too. So I don't maybe you remember him from there. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want this mic? Uh, handheld wireless? Is there one there? Oh, right beside, right there. Testing, testing. There you go. Amen. Let's welcome Brother David. Uh, he was uh, associate pastor with me back in the 80s and 90s, 84. That's right. Is that even a date? <laughs> 84. Yeah, we served together back in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, we're still serving together, you know? Amen. Uh, so, hey, praise the Lord. Amen. Good morning. Um, before I, you can get open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3, but before I do that, I just want to share a couple of things with you that I would make sure that uh, I, I fail not to mention that um, it's an honor for me and a privilege to stand behind this pulpit. Uh, my wife and I travel all over the country. I preached just about in every state, however. Um, this is where it all began, right here. Uh, I was ordained here in 1984. And uh, so I just want to say that uh, it's an honor for me to stand behind this pulpit where many years ago I sat under one of the greatest preachers of all time, David Vrizzelli Sr., a man of integrity, character, didn't back off when it came to the word of God, never backed off. And that great integrity and character continues with his son, David. Uh, he is also a fabulous preacher. And preaching now for 39 years, there are things that I, many things that I still learn. Pastor preaches, I said, man, I would lean over to my wife and I would say, I didn't know that. And I preached out of the same text probably 50 times. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> so the legacy continues, amen? Also, uh, I, I, I just remembered something that uh, today is November the 21st. 40 years ago today, I got saved. Today. 40 years ago today, Jesus took over my life. It was on a Sunday 
at a charismatic meeting where a Catholic priest God was using invited the sinner to get saved. And the Saturday night before that, Saturday night, November the 20th, Pastor Ron, I was booking football and drinking. That's right. But uh, Sunday night, November the 21st, that was the last drink I ever had. And the last time I ever bet or took a bet on a game. That's right. God cleaned me up in 24 hours. Believe me. So with that in mind, I just want you to know that I will never turn back. After 40 years of serving the Lord, I'm not about to change. <laughs> I look at it this way. If you like me, okay. If you don't, uh, well, that's your problem. <laughs> God bless you this morning as we looked at the word of God. Daniel chapter 3, we all know the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, I just want to share with you that persecution comes in many forms, not just physical. Somebody out there may be lying about you, calling you names, hating you, family and friends, disowned you. We've experienced that. And they just keep, keep on not liking you anymore. So persecution comes not only in a physical form, but also in a mental form. There is physical uh, persecution, yes. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I must have preached this message at least 40 times, maybe more, but it's revised right now. And I looked at it again, and I said, I never knew that. I never seen that before, so please bear with me. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would take over. Take over this service, take over our minds, take over our bodies, just take over. Amen. Well, in Daniel chapter 3, we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused, refused to bow down to some statue. You see, because even though they were the king's pets, they were administrators in the kingdom of Babylon. They had an open door to the king. They sat at the king's table and had the best of everything. King Nebuchadnezzar loved these guys. But when it came time to stand up for what was right, they refused all the good things that the king had given them. All the gifts and all the rewards that Nebuchadnezzar gave them. Basically what they said, you can keep them all, but we refuse to bow down to some statue who can't hear, can't speak, can't see, can't move. We serve a living God, and little did any of them know that God was about to deliver them in a miraculous deliverance that no one really expected. In the midst was the Son the pre-incarnate Christ in the furnace waiting for them. Let's look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to the king, we don't even need to give you an answer concerning this matter. Don't you know us by now? 
We don't even need to answer such a ridiculous question or obey such a ridiculous command that we're going to bow down to you, a statue that you made because you think you're a god. Our God, in verse 17, the Bible says that he is able to deliver us. Everyone in this room, write these words down anywhere, in your mind, in your Bibles, anywhere, that God is able. He has not lost any of his power. His character remains the same. He's the same. The word of God, all 66 books have not changed, not one word. And by the way, this just came to me this morning. Another name for the Bible is what? Good news. I have no, I, there's no interruption in the supply chain. <laughs> there's no interruption in some supply chain. I guarantee you this, you serve the Lord and there'll be no interruption in your life as far as God supplying all your needs. He said, food, shelter, and clothing you will always have. Hallelujah. He hasn't failed me in 40 years and he's not about to fail me now and I'm not about to turn my back on him after all these years of watching him and taking care of us and, and so on and so on. God is able and look what it says in verse 18 of Daniel 3. But even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, King Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, this is my own words, let it be known to everyone else that we're not going to serve your gods nor worship the golden image. Now, this golden image, mind you, golden, was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. It sat on a hilltop where everyone in the kingdom of Babylon could see it. Somebody once gave me a photo or they got it off the internet somewhere and I don't get into all that, but it showed this image on a hilltop with hundreds of thousands of people bowing down to it. And in the back of all those people were three young men who stood up. Everyone else was bowing down, Pastor, but everyone else, those three, stood up. And on the top of the hilltop, beneath the statue, was an army that was watching everyone to see who bowed and who didn't. Wow. We've lost many friends, much family, because we just decided to follow Jesus. And for us, it was all or nothing. Turned down family dinners, whatever, but many years ago, probably 40 years ago, the Lord gave my wife a scripture somewhere in Proverbs that it's better to have a dish of vegetables where there's peace rather than a fattened calf where there's hatred. Amen. Stick with it, folks. We're in the last of the last days. Stick with it. 
Go to him for everything. He'll show you things that you never thought was possible. Verse 21, we know the story. They were tied up, cast into the furnace. What was the reason? Simple. They were standing up for truth, standing up for the word of God without compromise. Well, today we'll bow down and uh, tomorrow we won't, or today we won't bow down and tomorrow we'll just go out and sin again. Mm-mm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the king's service, had an open invitation to the king. You can check that out in chapter 1 of Daniel, verse 19. They were in the king's favor. Daniel was promoted in chapter 2. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, under the guidance of Daniel, became administrators of the province of Babylon. They had it made. I said they had it made. And I'm going to tell you, I never knew about a spiritual attack until the day I got saved. Because you see, back in the world, if somebody attacks you, you would attack them back worse. Nobody would mess with certain people. But when I got saved, it was like, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> the enemy attacking all the time. I'll never forget the Christmas Eve, I'm sorry, New Year's Eve. In, uh, in 1981, we were invited to a private house party. And uh, I quit drinking immediately, Pat, immediately. And so everybody's mixing drinks. They're giving me this. They're giving me that. Oh, come on, come on, come on. I refused. I haven't talked to that person since. I mean, I don't know. Do I care? Sometimes. I'm not giving up what God did in my life for some gift that's going to go away. They were in good standing with the king, promoted, living well. But the king of kings was their God. They were not about to bow down and worship some dead image. Once again, he couldn't talk, can't see, can't move. A stupid, stupid God. Why would anyone want to pray or worship something that can't see? That can't move, can't hear, can't move. They were not about to compromise their devotion. Now, this is very important. They refused to bow down. They refused to worship. Why? First of all, they had such a love for Jehovah God. They didn't have the New Testament, but they had the Ten Commandments. And they studied the Ten Commandments. And the very first commandment that they knew by heart, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have any gods before me. No excuse. No excuse. None. Even though they were lavish with gifts, Nebuchadnezzar couldn't buy their devotion could not buy it no salary could buy their worship to a statue secondly they put all of their trust in God third no compromise no half truths no compromise this is why I, I said earlier there was never a compromise message behind this pulpit that I know of, never. 
I've learned so much here, and I'm still learning under Pastor David. You see, with them, there was unwavering commitment to God, their creator, not Nebuchadnezzar, their creator. For them, it was all or nothing. They did not have the New Testament, but they knew and understood Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 14 in the five books of the Pentateuch under the author of Moses. And it said this, you shall not worship or bow down to any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. Let me tell you, bowing down to some God, so-called God that can't move or think or see or hear, God gets jealous. He's a jealous God. And in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 34, it says, do not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. Whoa. You know, once you start reading the Bible and once you start studying it and, and, and learning and learning and learning, man, there is nothing like serving God. There's a price to pay. He said, if you deny me, I'll deny you. It's that simple. Once again, they did not have the New Testament, but they had the book of Deuteronomy, verse, chapter 6, verse 13. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and him alone. They knew this. They weren't about to compromise that beautiful scripture and say, okay, king, I got you. You're going to take everything off of me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bow down to you. I mean, you're going to take our, our, our home that you gave us. You're going to take the gifts. You're going to take uh, sitting at your, at your table. You're going to take away our, our uh, pride. You're going to take away our power in the, in the kingdom of Babylon. You're going to take it all away. So what we're going to do is we'll just bow down to you. No, 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 no. Babylon was filled with other gods, as Pastor David preached a few weeks ago. Filled, so many. And this is what led Nebuchadnezzar to set up his own image. He considered himself like a god. And in Deuteronomy 6, once again, verse 15, for the Lord your God is in the midst of you. Now that's a very important word that I'm going to get to uh, in the New Testament. He is in the midst of you. They knew and understood Psalm 2, verse 11. Worship the Lord your God and rejoice. They would in no way permit current events to dictate their commitment to God. They stood up for truth no matter what. They stood up for the word of God. They didn't compromise it. Current events did not dictate their life. Current events did not prosper them. We are facing current events. But once again, there's no supply chain interruption for the people of God. Take it to the bank. God is able was their reply. Their love and devotion and trust and commitment in God Almighty, not half-hearted relationship, not serving God on Sunday and doing whatever you want to do on Monday. No, 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 that doesn't work that way. There was no half-hearted commitment. Their reply was God is able. They were thrown into the furnace, all tied up, <laughs> all tied, like they were really going somewhere. I mean, they had guards all around them. They tied them up, tied their legs, tied their hands. I mean, where were they going? 
threw him into the midst of the furnace. Once again, that word midst is very important. But you see in verse 25 of Daniel 3, someone else was already there. You're not facing any trial or any test in your life for the Holy Spirit is not already there. You're not going to the hospital for an operation because, you see, you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is already there. You're not alone in your hospital room and in your home ill. God is already there. Someone was already there waiting for them. Who was it? We know the pre-incarnate Christ, the one and only Messiah with a miraculous deliverance. What a miracle of deliverance. What a miracle. Can you imagine? Thrown into a furnace. It wasn't like the furnaces we know. It was a pit. A deep hole in the ground where they just threw him in. That's why Nebuchadnezzar can look and say, hey, there's somebody else in there. God is able was their reply. <laughs> and what a miracle. Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ, was already there. Go figure. He was already there. He's looking up. I see him. They threw in Shadrach. I got you. Set him down. Then they threw in Meshach. Like a, like a fireman. I got you. Set him down. Then they threw it in Bendigo. No worries. I got you. Set him down. And then they made a like a like a chain, you know, like a and Jesus. You won't find this in the scripture, but that's okay. This is not heresy. <laughs> he said, Come on, boys, let's get out of here. Took him by the hand. Took him right out of that furnace. Mm hmm. He was already there. Now, how is it possible for such a powerful miracle to increase? How did God increase this miracle? I didn't know this until the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, how could this miracle increase? What, what else can you do with this? <laughs> well, their clothes were not even damaged. Oh, my God. Their hair was not even singed. <laughs> they didn't even smell like smoke. The fire had no effect. He increased the miracle. He says, I'm going to show you something, Nebuchadnezzar. You may think you're a king, but I'm the king of kings. And I am going to embarrass you right now where my servants don't even smell like smoke. Now, you listen to me. When you're going through a test and a trial that you think will never end, 
It's been a long time, hasn't it? Stick with it because you see God is still walking you through that fire. And when he delivers you out of this trial and out of this test and your prayers are answered, you're not even going to smell like you were in a trial. He's going to take you right through it and you're going to come rejoicing like you never rejoiced before. And by the way, that's the only reason why there are tests and trials in your life so that you can just draw closer to him. No other reason. No other reason. He increased this deliverance. You see, the church today, we as individuals and corporately, we are the very pillar of truth in a lost and dying world. We are upholding the word of God without any smell of compromise. I cannot change. I cannot calm down. I can't do it. I can't become a polished preacher with <laughs> degrees hanging on my office wall. Nothing wrong with that. But every book that I've read and every book that Pastor David and I read the same books, I can't remember what I read. <laughs> I mean, we had, to, we had to read books, you know, and then take a test. I can't remember them books, Pastor. I can't, I can't remember them. Truth, God's word, is what forbade Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to bow down. Truth. Persecution, I said earlier, can come in many forms. Losing family, friends. However, your trust and love for God will deliver you just like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love it. I love it when he says, in this world you will have tribulations. People don't like that promise. They don't like that promise. It's a promise and it ends in a period. That means so be it. In the New Testament, I'm going to move into Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to close soon. Matthew chapter 16. Jesus asked two questions. Who do the people say that I am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Now, this is the answer that his disciples gave him after three years of walking with him. He just fed 4,000, just fed 5,000. I mean, he just walked on the water to them. And they said, uh, who do the people say that I am? Some say John the Baptist, some say Jer Jeremiah, some one of the prophets. Who do the people say that I am? Oh, some congressman, some senator. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Jesus said as if to say, well, I can understand their answer because you see, they don't know me. They're the common people. But the church, the born again church is not a common folk. We are peculiar. We're not common. We were common, but not anymore. So Jesus pressed them again and asked them another question. Okay, well, who do you say that I am? <laughs> this is my own words, okay? You got 12 guys standing around. They're looking at each other. I don't know. Andrew, who? who, who? I don't know. 
Bartholomew's looking at uh, Matthew. I don't know. I mean, who is he? <laughs> Peter got the revelation. Peter made the announcement. He proclaimed, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And upon this rock, Jesus says, I will build my church. That's not the first pope. Get out of that way of thinking. Upon this rock, I will build my church because Peter was the first one who preached after Pentecost. And the gates of hell shall not prevail or overpower my church. Hell and all of the demons can attack all they want. But they will never, never, never overpower this church or any other Bible preaching church. Shall not prevail. Let me just give you a, a short definition of what that means, if I may. It's only 1130. Oh. Jesus says that the, the gates of hell shall not prevail which means this, the gates of hell shall not be superior against my church. The gates of hell shall not be greater than my church. The gates of hell shall not surpass my church. The gates of hell shall not compare to my church. The gates of hell shall not influence my church. The gates of hell, no demon shall have a say in my church. Hell cannot rule my church, cannot have authority over my church, cannot override my church, cannot persuade my church. The gates of hell shall not sway my church from the truth. Shall have no input at all in my church. There is much opposition today. People hate you for who you stand for. Don't think they don't. They hate the Bible. They hate anyone who preaches the Bible. They hate anyone who follows Christ. Once again, there's no supply chain interruption, folks. Enjoy your day. The gates of hell shall not govern my church or try to straighten out my church. They shall not even try to make straight or steer my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Hallelujah, shall not prevail. Let me just give you a short, very short explanation of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4, the church of Thessalonica. Paul writes to the, second, to the Thessalonians, the church that he birthed. And he said to them in verse 4, he says this, I'm going all around the region boasting about you. I'm telling everybody about you. Not because they have a church of a thousand, not because they have a hundred missionaries, not because, not because of some uh, apostle or prophet that came into town. He says, I boast about you because you're enduring persecution and your faith in Jesus is going out all over the place. That's what he was boasting about. Interesting note that the church of Thessalonica is not even mentioned as part of the seven churches in Revelation. Ephesus, Smyrna, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Pergamum, and Laodicea. Where's Thessalonica? 
not even mentioned. Why? Because they're enduring persecution and standing up for what's right. Standing up to the truth of, all, of the word of God. Hallelujah. And in closing, I want to say this in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered, you know, that, you know it well, you prayed it well. You were in prayer circles and you prayed this scripture. I know you have. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, where is he? He's in the midst. But let me give you another translation coming out of the message. The message Bible translation, the same verse. And when two of you get together on anything at all, <laughs> at all on earth, and make it a prayer, my Father in heaven goes into action. You may feel like God isn't even moving. Oh, he's moving. I mean, he never stopped. Where God guides you, he will provide for you. And when the going gets tough, the tough go to Jesus. And when you feel like you're down to nothing, God is up to something. In your greatest trials comes the greatest rewards. Oh, deliverance is coming, folks. I don't care how many people stand in front of me or sit in front of me when I preach. I don't care. Them days are gone. What I care about is my relationship with my master. Just like you. My father in heaven goes into action and when you come together, two or three of you, because of me, listen to this, you can be sure of this, I will show up. Is there really anything else for a believer to do than to trust in the one who created us? I deserved hell burnt over. But God had another plan. Every test, every trial, I will take you through personally and corporately. The church is about to face some very, very trying times when it comes to the word of God. There's no time for compromise. Don't ever call good evil and evil good. Don't do it. So he says this, there I am right in the middle Come with me, I'm with you all the way, through the fire, every test, every trial, I'll take you through. How else are you going to get close to God if you don't go through a test or a trial? Just who is the I am? Now get ready for this. Get ready for this. Not only is his name Jesus, not only is his name the Messiah, he's the second Adam. As I am going through these names of Jesus, I invite all of you to come down to the altar. I would like to pray for everyone in this room 
I'm a nobody, folks, believe me. But I tell you this, I'm filled with somebody. Other names of Christ, the great I am, I'm the second Adam, I'm the advocate. I'm the almighty, I'm the alpha, the omega, the am, the ancient of days, I'm the anointed one. I'm the apostle, I'm the author and finisher of your faith. My name is beloved, my name is blessed, my name is branch. My name is bread, my name is bridegroom, my name is the bright morning star, beloved and blessed I'm the carpenter, I'm the chief cornerstone, chief shepherd, I'm the choice of God. I am Christ the Lord, Christ the power, I'm the commander, I'm your consolation, your counselor. I make a covenant with you, I'm deity, I'm deliverer, I'm the door, I'm eternal father, I'm eternal life, I'm faithful, true, firstborn, forerunner, friend, I am God, I'm the great high priest, I'm the great shepherd, I'm the guardian, I'm the head of the church, I'm the healer, the holy one, I'm hope, I'm the horn of your salvation, I'm your husband, I am the I am, I'm Emmanuel, I'm indescribable, my name is Jesus, my name is judge, I'm the king, I'm the king of glory, I'm the king of kings, I'm the lamb of God, I'm the leader, I'm life, light, lily of the valley, I'm the lion of the tribe of Judah, I'm the living stone, my name is Lord, I'm Lord of lords, I'm the majestic one, I'm the man of sorrows, I'm your mediator, I'm your messenger, I'm your messiah. I'm your mighty God, and I am your bright morning star. Where else are you going to go? Who are you going to trust? Supply chain? What a joke. What a joke. I don't care what you do. I'm going to pray for you. Standing on this mountain top, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battle. Seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory is your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes, our hearts can say. sick among you let you let them pray hallelujah lord i pray for mental deliverance i pray against mental abuse i come against the spirit of poverty don't let current events keep you from worship don't let current events Stand in your way of 
worshiping him. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. says so. Blessings, blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Sing. 
There's one thing I want to say that uh, you're not a resident of any trouble you're facing. You're not a resident. A resident means you're a citizen. You're not a citizen of a trial or a trial or a test or a trouble. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. You're not a resident. God promises he'll take you through He'll take you through it. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. You know, there's a, there's a song, Pastor David. I'm going to go back into the Motown years. <laughs> I believe it was already a pastor prayed the prayer, and I think one of the songs. There was a song that came out by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. I was very sad when Tammy Terrell died of cancer. You know that because, anyway, one of their songs was, goes like this. Ain't no mountain high enough. Come on down. You remember that? Some of you. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough that I can't get to you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he hands me the mic after that. <laughs> but it's true, right? There is nothing that's going to separate us from him. Amen? No fire, no furnace, no valley, no mountain, no nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are glad for Jesus this morning? Praise his name. Hallelujah. And uh, those of you who don't know, too, uh, Pastor D uh, David and Julie do interim ministry with the assemblies as well. I don't know. Are you, do you know if you're going anywhere yet? Haven't heard anything yet? No, not yet. So, so I, I just wanted to have him share because all of a sudden he may disappear for a few months as he goes and, and uh, goes to other churches and ministers as well. So, amen. We ask our blessings on David and Julie as well as they go. As they're here, we'll, we'll enjoy their company and blessing. And when they go, they go. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. So we praise you for it. So, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Bless somebody around you in Jesus' name. Go praising him. <laughs> 